Welcome to episode 4. In this episode, we'll be taking a look at the peasants, or the Great Revolt. You're listening to the History Hub Podcast. The Peasants' Revolt was the first time that the commons, rather than the nobility, rebelled against royal authority en masse. The people felt betrayed by King Richard II, who instead of improving tensions surrounding taxation, had only made them worse. Disastrous consequences ensued following the revolt's failure. But what caused the rebellion, and did any good come from it? The 14th century was devastating to the English population. England suffered a famine between 1315 and 1317, followed by the outbreak of plague, also known as the Black Death, which arrived in England for the first time in 1348, wiping out between a third and half of the English population. People who had survived the Black Death soon realised their new bargaining powers as the number of workers had dramatically dropped, allowing them to both relocate to new, higher-paid jobs, but also to negotiate wages. However, in 1351, Edward III passed a law called the Statute of Labourers in response, which limited the pay of peasants and craftsmen, preventing them from working for whoever would pay them the highest wage. Likewise, the sumptuary laws were introduced in 1363, to reinstate the class hierarchy. These laws regulated the clothing of different classes and further encouraged divide. Not only were the peasants' rights being limited, but they were also paying poll taxes to help fund the Hundred Years' War against France, a war that was going from bad to worse under Richard's kingship. Politically, the government was weak because Richard was still very young and inexperienced. This allowed certain members of the nobility, such as his uncle, John of Gaunt, to become incredibly powerful. It was this lethal combination of unpopular laws, the disparity of wealth, and a losing war which allowed tensions to rise and pushed the people to their tipping point. However, when King Richard II imposed a third poll tax in 1381, the people had finally had enough. On the 30th of May, 1381, when John Bampton went to collect unpaid poll taxes from Brentwood, he was met with anger by Thomas Baker, who claimed his village had already paid and refused to pay any more. The villages of Corringham, Fobbing and Stamford Le Hope also refused to pay their taxes and government officials fled back to London. The people of Essex were ready to revolt. Spurred on by the preaching of radical priest John Ball, groups of rebels assembled throughout England Though they were focused primarily in Essex and Kent, rebel groups revolted across the country, inspiring more and more people to take part. They demanded that all men should be free and equal, for less harsh laws and for a fairer distribution of wealth. On the 7th of June, 1381, one of the rebel groups, led by Watt Tyler, marched on Canterbury, killing local officials on their way. By 12th of June, Watt Tyler and his rebels, now numbering in their thousands, had reached the gates to the city of London. Despite orders to keep the city gates closed, the rebels were allowed to enter. They then freed prisoners, destroyed legal and tax records, and burnt down buildings, including John of Gaunt's Savoy Palace on the Strand. They beheaded officials and murdered migrant workers. The city remained under rebel control for two days. King Richard and his councillors, seeking refuge from the mob, held out in the Tower of London. On the 15th of June, 14-year-old Richard II agreed to meet with Watt Tyler and was presented with a list of demands, 
all of which he initially agreed to meet. However, during this meeting, rebels stormed the Tower of London, brutally killing the treasurer Robert Hales and the Archbishop of Canterbury, Simon Sudbury. During the rebel meeting with the king, Wat Tyler caused offence and was struck down by Mayor William Walworth and killed. Before the rebel army could retaliate over Tyler's death, Richard stepped forward and promised to abolish serfdom in the feudal system, as well as hardening the rebels for their actions. Later, however, Richard went back on his promise, and government troops systematically rounded up those who participated in the revolt. It is estimated that around 1,500 people were captured and killed. In the short term, it may appear that the rebellion was unsuccessful, as the rebels were brutally punished, but some lessons were clearly learned by the royal government. For example, the poll tax was never repeated again to the same caliber until the early 1990s, and the government stopped interfering with the peasants' wages. This meant that some saw an improvement in their living conditions and were even able to buy land. Serfdom and feudalism were already declining prior to the revolt, however, and many linked the significance of the revolt to the peasants' later increase in freedoms. Although formal abolition would come much later, feudal Jews would become almost non-existent in less than a hundred years following the rebellion. Thank you for downloading the History Hub podcast. Hit the subscribe button and you'll be notified as soon as the next episode is ready. But if you can't wait that long, head over and subscribe to our YouTube channel by searching History Hub. You've been listening to the History Hub podcast.